This is the Blockade Podcast with your hosts, Chris and Jared. Wizardamusement.com, the site to visit for custom pinball shooter rods. Easy to install, totally unique. Mention Blockade Podcast for 10% off your order. Wizardamusement.com, sales, restoration, customization. You have tuned into the Blockade Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Shut Your Trap, a.k.a. Chris Freebus, or vice versa, however you want to do it. Him over there on the opposite side of the world is Jared Morgan. Hello, hello, Chris. How are you, mate? I am doing fantastic. It's a uh, lovely May day here. Nice and sunny. Yes, it's actually a pretty pleasant day here in Brisbane as well. We're actually just watching the final of Eurovision here at the moment and Australia is actually a participating country this time around. What the heck and is Eurovision? You don't know what Eurovision is? Oh no. man. That's because it's not in that's because the US isn't in it. That's why. <laughs> that's right. If it's not in the US <laughs> then we don't care. <laughs> we love because Australia is such a multicultural place. We love the Eurovision here because uh, we've got so many different cultures living in Australia and mm-hmm. like there's, you know, all sorts of countries that you see in the Olympics and don't know how to pronounce. They yeah. they actually do the show. It's basically a not really a talent show, but it's a a chance for each nation to represent themselves in music. And okay. they rep- and like sort of yeah, basically tout the country and perform really well. And our one of our X Factor finalists here called Dummy Im, who's actually a um Korean uh singer. In, who actually lives here in, in Queensland, in Brisbane. Okay. Um, she is representing Australia um, in this competition. It's very exciting to see her do a really good job for us here. So very proud. Flying the Australian flag as I wave my hand patriotically, like I've got a flag <laughs> in my hand. Yeah, very cool. And um, we're getting some votes, apparently. The, the, the final voting is happening right now, and I'm, I'm in here talking to you. So I'll find out, I'm sure. Okay. Um, the, the podcast it'll be a mystery mystery uh before we get uh too much into anything else i'll just announce to any of you that are listening hoping for uh new info regarding the stern pinball app we have none <laughs> yep that's actually probably a good thing to get a get out of the way because if you're going to wait through the whole thing and you're only interested in that yeah you should turn away now yeah but we we've got plenty of pinball. Other, yeah, we've got plenty of pinball to talk about. Just none of it relating to the Stern Pinball app, and a lot of it digital. So, yes. like practically all of it digital. So, strap on in. It's <laughs> going to be a wild ride. <laughs> hey, why don't we uh, go ahead and uh, jump in? Unless you got more Eurovision talk. No, I'm done. No, see, I wish I could contribute because you know how much I love to uh, spin the wheels about things not pinball. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I said that a little bit too quickly, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about my adventure? Well, it's not an adventure yet, but my uh, research about uh, you know buying cars and uh, how to get the best deal. Nah, we don't want to. Nah. No. Nah. Hey, we uh, got pinball to talk about. <laughs> we got pinball. Hey, so although we, uh, I said that we were stopping doing the table of the week, tournament of the month, um, I did throw it out there that if somebody would like to take over for a month, they're more than welcome to. Sure enough, we did have one of our users on the Pimble Arcade Fans Forum uh, volunteer. His name is Snorzel, and he is hosting this month. He's got a tournament that's going to be running four days, uh, Memorial Day weekend. And, well, I say Memorial Day weekend as if that means anything to you because it's not your guys' Memorial Day weekend in Australia. We don't know, <laughs> we don't know what you're about. Yeah, Memorial Day, you know, it's uh, celebrating soldiers is essentially yep. what it's. That's what it's, it's supposed like to be. Instead, like it's really just, day. yeah, it's really just, you know, 
also known as the official kickoff of the summer movie season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds very much like Easter, except, well, we don't really do that here. The The big kickoff is in December when, you know, Boxing Day comes around. And all yeah, the see, that's your out. summer. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. our... Yeah. Thing. Uh, so anyway, it's going to be running from May 27th, which is a Friday, through May 30th, which is Monday. And when I say running through, I mean, as soon as it hits midnight, uh, I believe... Eastern time. Uh, it's either, no, excuse me, mountain. Uh, mountain time. So yeah, mountain. yeah, in Colorado. Um, so when it hits uh, that on Friday the 27th, midnight, boom, or 12 a.m., I should say, boom, tournament started and it finishes at midnight on that Monday. So it is a full, full four days for you to get some scores in. Um, That's really good, though, because it, it lets people, if they have plans on Memorial Day weekend, they can like fit the pinball in because, you know. And, and it's here's good. the thing. This this tournament is running differently than what we did. Mm. So the main difference is it's going to be eight tables. And although it's still being requested that you only play them twice uh, each, you are able to use unlimited uh, extra balls. Extra balls. Which yeah. when you hear these tables, you're going to go, oh, thank God, because... Because <laughs> <laughs> they're a little bit tricky. <laughs> a little bit tricky. Um so yeah, it's going to be that, and then you're just going to enter your score on a website uh, that I still don't have the actual site name for, but we'll announce it probably next week. Um, yeah. And just anytime during those four days, fit in the tables. You don't have to play all ta tables. You can play however many you would like to play. Um, his scoring system is going to be this. If 10 people enter the tournament, then first place gets 10 points. If 20 people enter the or post a score for that table, then the person gets 20 points. So it's based off of however many people play that particular table. That's what the top point is. And last place gets one point. Um, okay. So it just Got fills it. in the gaps all up and down the, uh, the run there. So, yeah, you don't have to play every single table, obviously, if you, for some reason, can't find the time to fit in eight, although over the course of four days... Four days, you should be able to do that. Yeah. You should Unless be able to you're do playing that. on console and you're going to have, like, marathon two-day, like, maybe two-day game on... <laughs> you know, that might happen. Which, which okay, Here, here's the tables they're going to be playing. You tell me which table you can do a two-day slog fest on, because I'm good mm. for... Like, if I'm lucky, 15 minutes on these. Um, so uh, the tables being played are going to be Pinbot, Big yep. Shot, mm -hmm. Space Shuttle, Eldorado EM, Haunted House, Gorgar, Xenon, and Genie. There's no marathon table no. those. They're beautiful choices, I have to say. Those are butt kickers, to be sure. They're basically all put up or shut up tables. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Which, I love it. What a I'm great selection. Tangent, because I do those. Mm -hmm. I compiled all the stats from our tournament of the month mm -hmm. and all the tables that people were picking for table or for the uh, put up or shut up tables. They're despised tables. Why were people picking the like horrible tables that nobody wants to play as the put up or shut up? Well, this is my logic behind that. I, I did that too. Like, basically, I looked at the list. Basically, if it wasn't a... It, 
if there was one table in the collection that wasn't a DMD and wasn't uh, like an alphanumeric, like, you know, Gorgar style, I'd pick it. Because generally speaking, they're harder. They're, the rule sets, uh, like, they're usually tough because of the way they're set up. But the rule sets are easy. So if you know how to play the game, you just keep on going and keep on playing it. And sometimes they're brutal. Like, you know, the, the DMD ones often aren't because they've got ball saves and stuff like that. But the old tables don't. So if you lose your ball, if you get a house ball, boom, you're gone. And that's why it's put up or shut up. If you're good yeah. enough, you can do well on that table. See, if you're not, necessarily... then you should take your bat and ball and go home. But see, I don't think that was there. Were, there were plenty of tables that I thought were good tournament tables that were mm. DMD machines. Yeah. Um, and I think people just plain overlooked them because that they were using your logic. Oh, it's a DMD. It must be easy. It's like no, that's not the case. And in some of these uh, alphanumeric tables, I think they're brutal for the sake of being brutal. It like has nothing to do with your skill level as opposed to you'll just get some random bounce that sends you into the outlane. It's like, where's there's no proving skill in that you're, you're just getting, I don't know. I just, I found it kind of interesting that <clears throat> tables that are really despised by people. And these are what were being picked. I was like, I think that was the criteria. It was like, which table do I hate the most? Mm, yeah. That's the going to be the put up or shut up. <laughs> yep. That, well, no, in some cases, like the, the older tables, are. Uh, like fun to play from a just play them perspective, not have to worry about, Oh, if I stack this, will I get a better result? It's just like, no, shoot the drop targets as many times as you can and get the points. Like that is, there's something very reassuring about doing that. And there's something quite good as a put up or shut up using that sort of um, game logic, because all you're doing is you're just trying to repeat the same thing over and over again. And that actually takes a lot of skill doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like shooting a ramp 50 times, for example, takes a lot of skill to actually get that lined up because you can brick it any time. And shooting the drop targets in a, in a particular way, like only shooting one drop target to get the, um, like the extra bonus, for example. Like, you know, that's a, a shot selection technique that you can often brick when you're doing it. So there's a different skill involved okay. in those. Here's, here's, uh, here's the list, just so we can uh, properly discuss mm -hmm. this. Um, mm -hmm. So we started off when it came to put up or shut up. Remember, the first table of each tournament didn't count. There was no put up or shut up. So yes. uh, we started with No Good Gophers, mm -hmm. and then Theater of Magic, and then Centaur. Those were all my picks. And then I yeah. started letting it be voted on. All right. And then chaos ensued. <laughs> so then we went to diner, which not yeah. a bad choice. That's, you know, again, that's that, a, that's a good term. It's an alphanumeric, but it is system 11. And there, yeah. there is a sense of progression that you can go through and you do mm -hmm. need to know the rules in order to, that's one you do need to know the shot rules. Yes. You do. Um, then we went big shot. Mm -hmm. Which again, another, I, I don't know. It's another good sharpshooter table. Like you got to know, you got to know. Yeah, your but shots. that one, it's, it may be a sharpshooter table, but it's also got some of the cheapest outlane drains of any TPA table. Put up or shut up, man. <laughs> it's, but it's basically and when the I only way you're going to lose the ball because I did if you don't save it. Yeah, but I did get to play this one in real life, and those cheap outlane drains were not there. So I don't know. That's one of those where I think it was one of those, you know, we talked about vacuum ramps. This one has vacuum outlanes. They had to tune it. 
basically to yeah. yeah get get the so it wouldn't go out the table. Maybe it was before they got sort of like better wall collisions or something. Yeah, and um, I had to like sort of railroad it. Then we had Bram Stoker's Dracula, which yeah. I know everybody loves to praise for being. Uh, how they feel very realistic to a real table. Mm, so, it's hard as nails. <laughs> yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't argue that one. Yeah. Then we have the triptych, <laughs> haunted mm. house. Good God, <sighs> why would anybody ever pick that table? I, I hate the table. And not um, only that, so few people are actually even good at playing it. Why would mm. you vote it in as a put up or shut up table then? If you know that it's just going to wallop you. Wouldn't you tend to vote for something that you might be somewhat decent at? I don't know. Is it strategic though? Would it wallop other people? Like you have to think. There's two equations here. Like you may not be good at the table, but or, or you may think you're not that great. But how about those people that are always consistently at the top of the leaderboard? If they have to play that as a put up or shut up? No, the top of the leaderboard them? people have no problem with any of these tables. That has been proven <laughs> over the course them. of the year. They don't they have an them. issue. Your average player <laughs> is the one that just gets hammered by this to no end so if you're if you're voting exclusively to try and affect the top players you're not (laughs) (laughs) just just point that out uh the next table was uh gorgar which love it that's one of the brutal table and then of all tables for put up or shut up going nuts really again that was just purely the which table do I hate the most hatred, choice? Hatred yeah. table. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe put it this way, quick games. <laughs> that maybe that's what the criteria is here. Like is it going to be a quick game? Maybe. Maybe that's what maybe what that's what people are selecting here cuz these are all sort of potentially are quick game quick play tables. So and then interestingly enough, uh the next batch of tables, this is when uh, basically the field significantly dropped off for how many people we were having playing. And Uh. it was now the consistent 24 people that always showed up. Uh, Terminator two fishtails and jackpot. Mm -hmm. So I'm convinced that when we had just the masses uh, showing up that they were just making hate decisions. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds like it. And then things started to to lock down because those three tables are good tables to play. They're quite balanced. Um, and you know, fishtails is hard but achievable if yeah. you know your shots. Um, Terminator two the same. You can just keep going on that table mm-hmm. and it's fun as well. And what was the other one? Jackpot. Jackpot again, an interesting take on pinbot. Yeah. Um, quite strategic in the way you have to actually play casino run at the end. So there's a potential there for big winnings, but you got to know when, know when to um, hold them and know when to fold them. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> so if I've gone. I don't think uh, that we've talked about any of these stats in the podcast before I just posted them on. No, the, we haven't. No. So let me run through some of these other stats. Uh, sorry, Snorzel about your uh, <laughs> tournament. I've hijacked it. <laughs> so TLDR playing the tournament on, um, on Memorial day. And now let's get into stats. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we had a total of 87 unique names sign up for tournament of the month. That doesn't mean all right. that all of those 87 played far from it, but we did have 87 people actually sign up. Uh, throughout the the course of uh, that year and three months, four months, yeah, like year and change, yeah. Um, of those, probably close to sixty-seven actually did play at least one tournament. Yep. Um, 
Our largest turnout for any of the tournaments was 37 players. That was a lot of fun. Um, 37. Yeah, that was big. Yeah, that was that was really cool. The uh, just, you know, the brackets were very spread out. Um, that was very cool. Uh, yep. Our s- largest single sign up, and this gives you an idea: <laughs> fifty-four people signing up. So yeah, when our right. largest tournament was thirty-seven people, but fifty-four, and th- and I don't even know if that was what this was the same tournament of signups versus people playing, but that goes yeah. to show you how many people sometimes would sign up and then not bother to show up <laughs> yeah yeah and we you know dropouts are inevitable in anything that you try and organize yes. anything that you try and do people will just no show and not provide an explanation it's just what you have to deal with which is why it was so hard to actually use traditional tournament software yeah um with this and why we had to like really rely quite heavily on uh, zamia's uh tournament solution who has been so, good enough to write uh tournament software again for uh, snorzle that's pretty good yeah yeah so yeah very kind of him. So if you want to uh, try and host your own tournament of the month, you can contact us and uh, I'm sure that we can throw you Zania's way and uh, maybe he'll uh, whip something up for you too, if, uh, if need yeah. be. So yeah, I really think cool. he should start offering this as like a, a software as a service SaaS platform. Um, a little bit like match play does match play is another pretty good online or software based, like cloud based tournament software that we use in Brisbane pinball club. Mm-hmm. Problem is that it's it's hard to drop players out, I and mean, that's the problem that we're. That's pretty much the only barrier with using all the other like things like Brackelope and stuff like that, because people yeah. just drop out. Yeah, and you could you could put them in and just give them zero points, which is another way of handling it. Um, but but then you, you wind know, up that, having and th- because we did that like the very first or second tournament where it was like, oh, we'll just give you zero points. But then there would be instances where the bracket where there was literally one person of the three or of the four people that were in that bracket yeah, was there for the, the play and the other three people all got zero points. And so they got full points. And it was like, well, that's not, that's not fair. That's not fair. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, it's, it's almost like you need to accept, accept people and then bracket them after like posthumously. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yep, yeah, you'll be in a bracket and you <laughs> won't know that bracket until you've actually played. And we've had everyone show up. Yeah, yeah. Because I was <laughs> trying to straddle the line of of hey, well, it wouldn't it be cool to know who you're competing against. Uh, so here's the brackets. When in reality, I probably should have just never even. I don't know. I don't know what people. I don't know if that was something that people were attracted to being able to see that ahead of time or not. I never actually bothered mm-hmm. to ask that question. Be interesting to like set up a, a quick poll uh, about it posthumously and and get people's feedback about what they liked and what they didn't. Would be good to actually hear what players yeah. thought yeah. yeah um we should do that maybe we will uh yeah, we should yeah. <laughs> another thing that caught my eye the um in the forums in vitro managed to uh, look into the code of pinball arcade mm. and examine it for their uh, for the physics and how they operate Oh and really? Rather this large been on the PC. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. and a rather large thread has uh, started. Kind of conversation started going in terms of uh, how much the railroading is built in to the game because it's yeah. crystal clear now. <laughs> I mean, there there are definitely certain instances that they were able to read the code and go, "Hey, look, it's saying it right here that you know." 
bowl is always, always only going to have three choices. XYA thing. thing. Exactly. So this is number one. This is quite incredible that Farsight haven't minified their code, so you can't actually read it like in plain text, like that. Like, are they? Are you saying that they were able to decompile and reverse engineer the code, or are they just looking at plain text files within the um, the Windows um, directories that were created? Uh... Like all the. <laughs> You're asking because, Mr. Non-Technical. <laughs> no, no, this, this is a tough call. I'm, you you have I'm, to look at the thread itself because he has posted portions of of the code that he's looking at. People like Viking yeah. Eric and in vitro and a few others have actually been able to read through it and go, oh, so it's saying, and I'm going, I'm glad you guys are interpolating this for me because I don't know. You're going to have to what. send me the link on that because that, that interests me greatly. The, hey, well, I'm sure you would. <laughs> haven't, the number one, they haven't obfuscated the code, which is like number one, what you do. Because you know, if, if you can read the code plainly, you can yeah. just copy it and pirate the hell out of the physics and stuff like that. You well, know? I don't think Invitro is not posting everything. He's only uh, posted select nuggets, you might say. And I was very curious to, I was I was like, as a moderator of the forum going, am I supposed to shut this down? I don't know. And then uh, Mike Reitmeyer actually commented on it. And I went, hey, if Mike is cool with commenting on it, then I think we're, <laughs> we're in safe ground. He wasn't. It's interesting. Because generally speaking, when you use software, one of the explicit call clauses in the licensing agreement is not to decompile or reverse engineer. And mm. this is kind of what this is. If if what you're saying is that they can actually read the code and work out what it's doing mm -hmm. on a what is a closed source application, not an open source application, that is actually decompilation. And that may be in breach of some licensing agreements that they need to approach with caution. Having said that, if Mike's okay with him <laughs> around, then that's kind of like an endorsement saying, yeah, go for it. See what you can learn. You know, although really he's, he's not the official, uh, uh, you know, voice like, of... No, he, he's, he's not the, the person that would, you know, be enforcing any sort of licensing breach. But the thing is, you don't actually accept a terms and conditions or a EULA when you open up Pimble Arcade. So, right. oh, I just got a link. <laughs> I got a magic link from the magic link fairy. <laughs> amazing. My, Where did that come it's from? A, it's an amazing link. <laughs> Let's have a look. So, uh, well while you while you're looking, uh yeah, you have a talk. you talk. I'll yes, read. I'm going to I'm going to 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 scatter shot some some thoughts in this. But what is interesting is that that although there are some uh railroading issues or whatever, I don't know about you, but I don't notice the railroading that much in the game. And it might be because I'm not shooting it over and over and over and over and over again, looking for things. The only table I ever came across that I've noticed it big time was with Ripley's. And for whatever reason, I was able to key into the patterns of the ball. I happened to notice it. And the funny thing is, is I got a, you know, perverse enjoyment out of those railroads where I was like, hey, look at this. I'm exploiting this. Um, okay. So I am, I'm looking through the first oh, two go. pages. So in vitro and Viking Eric are having a discussion about it. So what they are, the, the physics information is stored in the .rez files or the res files. And they're the things that you download and they contain all the table information, basically. Um, so they've actually got a they do have them um compressed or, or encoded but it's um it's he managed to find out what that encoding is and was able to decompile so 
it technically it, it is kind of reverse engineering the code mm-hmm. in the fact that you are extracting something that is encrypted and you're kind of breaking the encryption okay. by doing that. It's interesting to read through what the code actually looks like and and sort of see how they handle the physics. So it is an interesting thread. It doesn't really reveal a lot um, if you um, don't know a lot about coding, but if you do, you might find it quite interesting. Which means Jared will have plenty to talk about next week. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe not. I don't, I'm not going to like obsess about it too much. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting just to like thumb through the, the the way they've done it and go. Oh yeah, it's just it's just coordinates basically. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll read through this and uh, yeah, uh, maybe respond. One of the even. one of the responses that people had mentioned though was like. Well, how come Farsight didn't just use, you know, Unreal Engine or any one of these other graphic physics engines that are out there and just license that? And my response was because they've been working on their own physics engine for, you know, going on 10 years. (laughs) And they're a small independent studio. And do they really need to pay yet another licensing fee in their game? No, they don't. For, For what is arguably really good pinball physics yes pro pinball might have better physics i don't know it, it, it's kind of one of those things where if it was a huge giant leap because somebody mentioned also the uh, uh microsoft pinball arcade yeah that was horrible that was incredibly yeah, floaty bad bad, bad 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 pinball um you know yeah so that, i mean if we're talking minutia here yeah yeah that's right um so yes, I think a lot of people are speculating what the values are in those red fi- res files. Um, like there's there's essentially parameters and then values um, in the code. So it might be like elasticity flipper when dropped and it has a has a numeric value or an integer, uh, which is like a whole number. And there's there's not really anything in there, of course, to comment what that actually means. Like you know, Farsight would know. Yeah. Um, but you know. As for someone outside reading the code with no architectural knowledge of the platform, it's kind of best guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the only way you could find out is actually start um, tweaking the code, recompile it, and then start running it and see what effect it has. But you can pretty much guarantee you're going to break the table if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> like real bad. You'd have to take a copy of that and start tweaking it. But yeah, it's interesting that if this is available and you can actually decompile it and Farsight are kind of sort of unofficially okay with it, then it might be that this encourages a whole new um, community tuning movement mm. on the tables and actually allows people to go in there and, and tune things subtly to, to have it play the way they think it should play and then share that tuning as a recompiled .res file and have people... Um, do it and it may like even if you think even more down the track if someone gets really good at this it might actually be a career opportunity for them (laughs) far time i go you're actually got a bit of an eye for this we might uh send you a bit of a private note and go you you're not bad at this tuning game that is the thing with modders it's amazing how much their passion and the amount of time that they're going to have to spend doing it but to them, it's a hobby. This is what they find fun. It's not a job. It's this yeah, is the fun of it. Fun with the code, right? Yeah. And that you can get these just amazing, amazing gameplay aspects out of something. I, 
I wish that Farsight could officially welcome the mod community. Obviously, their license yeah. agreement with Williams and Stern and Gottlieb doesn't allow that. But God, can you imagine? It'd be amazing. I think, did I read that someone had created a interface for DMDs, like real DMDs, gas plasma DMDs? I believe that just happened. I don't think I read the thread, but I think I read the, uh, you know, the thread title. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. And that's the sort of thing that if, if Farsight could, well, potentially make this type of mod easier by opening up API endpoints or something like that into their game, um, they could actually open up programming interfaces into the game, select ones that mm -hmm. they want to open up and then allow people to call values from the code base and then affect something. It's possible they could do that or have like a, a framework they could release that would allow you to actually plug in things. Like perhaps if you wanted to unofficially make a, a cabinet mod, you could then have an interface um, to um, like detect uh, flipper pulses and stuff like that and do exactly what vpin have done the the guys which speaking of which i was gonna say speaking of cabinets, mm. <laughs> so uh this past friday on shark tank a show that i have never bothered watching but uh made a specific point to at least watch this one segment of um they uh for those that don't know shark tank is a bunch of uh extremely wealthy guys including the likes of like mark cuban uh you know on I'm going to blank on how to say that word, so I'm not going to try. Rich guys. Uh, entrepreneurs. 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 Thank you, guys. Sometimes my... Yeah, let's just edit that right out. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave it in because <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> That's be good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the title. <laughs> anyway, these guys are investors. And so people... You, you might call it a Kickstarter, you know, but it's a Kickstarter of five people. So these yeah, people, totally. these people come. They pitch their product. Angel investors is what they are. Yeah, they pitch their product, and then these guys battle out uh, whether or not they would like to invest. Only one person gets to invest. So sometimes a little bidding work can uh, maybe potentially happen. Other times, mm -hmm. none of them want to invest, and you walk away with nothing. Um, you know, yep. going back to your to your roots. But people are basically looking for a certain amount of of uh, capital to be dumped on them in return for a certain stake in the company itself. The yeah. Right. Yep. So uh, an individual by the name of Brad Baker brought to the sharks, uh, his company, which is called VP cabs. And what he is making is virtual pinball uh, cabinets. And he had a couple of different model sizes. One was a, a full size pinball cab, then a slightly uh, smaller size. And then one that he had that was uh, on a countertop. Uh, now, I don't know when this show was actually recorded. Um, it might have been recorded back in 2015 at some point, because if you go to their website now, which is virtualpinball.com, you can actually see what uh, they actually are selling. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, no, the cabinets look really, really solid. Um, it's all coin op as well, which is very interesting. Like there's coin validators on the front. And that's something that we should probably explore. Well, <laughs> if you look closely on the on these things, it makes a plinking sound, but it's not actually functioning. Ah, oh, right. Okay. It doesn't have the functionality in there yet. So, uh, 
Yeah, so he basically was pitching that he's been making these cabinets, wants to make a go of it, wants to sell these cabinets. He's currently been selling them at trade shows. Um, the top of the line cabinet sells for just you know five bucks or so less than eight thousand. So call it eight grand. Uh, the cheapest call one a, was about four grand. Call it like a Stern LE, um, but with all the games. <laughs> right. So that yeah. was what got me interested right off the bat. Was he was running. Uh, uh, Pinball FX2 on this thing on national TV, oh. and I'm like, "Ooh, that's that's dicey, right?" That's pretty brave to actually <laughs> that, do that. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know they have cab support, but wow, <laughs> you know, on national and, television, no less. On national yeah. television, so I was like, "What is he advertising exactly here?" You know, and because uh, he was talking about me you know, wanting to maybe have it be put into bars or stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, we're getting into this whole area that Farsight has already said. Clearly you can't use your device to make money with, um, yeah. you know, that breaks, breaks our license and everything. That's right. It's interesting because so, on the wizard, I'm having a look at the website now and the wizard explicitly which is their top states, of the line, uh, yep. table on, on one of the tabs under the, the, the main sort of upgrade section, it actually has pinball FX two tables. So they actually explicitly state, Pinball FX2 on their website. Right. So over so, the course of this guy's pitch and the questions that were asked, um, you know, they're asking him about build cost uh, mm -hmm. and the build cost on it was, uh, let's see if I see, find my, my numbers here real quick. Oh, uh, actual materials, $2,686. Um, and then he had the licensing and stuff. And basically he was saying it costs about four grand to make one of these things. And it turns out that his licensing fee, which would be to his end is up to 15% of the sales price. Okay. So on the full size wizard, that means $1,200 of it goes to Zen. Yes. That would be on just the base model. I would imagine. So no, that's on the wizard model. That's on the big model. Yeah. The, well, what I'm saying is that if you trick it out completely, which is what I've done, it goes yeah. from seven thousand to nine thousand yeah. five hundred and thirty-nine dollars. Okay. So if you put all the things on that they offer as extra, like LEDs and everything, it's like nine, nine and a half grand. Okay. So I presume that would just be on the base version of the wizard cabinet. Right. Right. Um, so anyway, that's a pretty hefty fee, but that answered my question. It was like, oh well. That's why he can <laughs> advertise on town or have this on national TV. Um, yeah. If you look That's at cool any, that he's done that though. Like, is actually negotiating is. a license deal with Zen and partnered with them to actually do this. It's and really if you go cool. on the website and look at any of the YouTube videos, um, he's got a cool interface for selecting the tables too. I don't know. I mean, it's not the grid format of Zen is this cycling through of the actual titles. I don't know who made the front end. Over. Yeah. It I don't know if he made that front end or somebody else made the front end or, or what exactly the deal is. Um, yeah. There are a lot of front ends for visual pinball cabs. And I've seen that, that sort of um, animation style um, before yeah. where essentially it's like a, what is it? It's like, it goes from a static picture over to the new table and then it loads. Okay. So it's like a transition picture. Mm -hmm. um, very much how Android does the rotation. It actually takes like a snapshot of the screen, rotates it, then puts the, the actual operating system back in place again. So that's a pretty common technique. So he makes his pitch and 
uh, invites everybody to go up and you know actually get their hands on. And it was really funny because two guys of the group sprinted up to them. <laughs> One of the guys, uh, Mark Cuban, he bolted for the machine. He looked really eager. And then there was this other guy. Adam, I don't know any of the guys' names other than Cuban. Um, but there was another guy that bolted up, and he was really clicking on it and, and working the table. Well, it turns out that he actually owns 10 pinball machines himself. So I thought, oh, that would okay. So this is would actually own it. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So it was interesting because it was like, okay, so the two guys who were most eager to hop up, one guy that actually owns machines, and then somebody like Cuban who is very uh, savvy. Savvy. well savvy on on the uh, this kind of tech, um, yeah. you know, game integration and stuff like that. And yeah. the there were there's a girl who you could swear had. You could tell she had zero interest from the start. She went, meh. Yeah. Pinball? Meh. There was, and then there was this uh, this old guy who, at first, he seemed interested, and then he found out the price, and you would have thought somebody had, you know, killed his kitten. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, he, clearly, he did, doesn't understand the actual price of pinball no. machines these days. No. Um, and then the the final guy is the guy that actually did wind up uh, uh, making a deal with it. Yep. And interestingly enough, though, he was the first person to sit down. Like, I don't think he ever played the machine. He looked at him, kind of. He didn't mm. need to play. And he then went, he went and sat down. I know what this guy's doing here. <laughs> um, I, I, I get it. I don't need to look at this anymore. <laughs> I've already made my decision. Right, right. <laughs> so... He was so, probably sitting down going, hmm, okay, you guys go up there and play it still. So I'm gonna think of an offer. So right you got the now. gal that you got the gal that didn't want anything to do with it. You got the old guy that mm -hmm. couldn't believe the price of it. Now, yeah. the guy that was actually the the uh, out pretty quickly was the guy that owns pinball machines. So he yeah. started this whole argument of he goes, You're selling to old guys like me. No kid is no, you're not. Office. <laughs> to which the guy was like no, kids, you know, parents are buying this for the kids. You know, this is a big, you know, it is a big investment for them, but it's all these tables rather than having one pinball machine. And, mm. and that guy, he could not wrap his head around the idea that a younger generation would want this. It's only old guys like him. And I'm sitting there thinking, yeah. that's because you can afford real pinball machines. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, this is this is what I hear all the time at my league with these guys that have, you know, 12, Kids. 15 machines physically in their house. Yeah. They don't understand digital pinball, what the appeal is. No. Like, I wouldn't either if I had all those machines around. <laughs> yeah. I'd do like screw you, digital pinball. I, exactly. I, would, I, would I want Farsight's offering? Probably not if I had 15 pins because yeah. I've got a pinball on tap. I don't need to fulfill my, my pinball itch. And uh, if I'm really interested in one of these other machines, I'll probably just trade buy it. it out, sell it. I'll sell one of these. Yeah. I'll get a new one. I have now something to physically trade and, and be an asset. Because we have talked in the past about pinball as a commodity and yeah. a trading commodity. And we yeah. know that people flip game two games to buy one and and like really hone their collections down. Right. So, of course, they do that. You know? and That's the, why and, Pinside exists with right. all the sales because people are doing that constantly. And what was interesting with the, I think one of the reasons why the gal was the uh, first one out was because all she thought about was mobile games. Mm. And she was like, all the kids want us to play, you know, they want to play thousands of games on their, on their hand, hand set. They don't want this giant creation of a thing. And I'm like, Oh lady, you are not catching on <laughs> to the trend. Right. You know, 
yeah, no, it's it's never as we've discussed before. It's never going to be a mass market thing, but mm. to that niche, you can really it's, lock your hooks into. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I was very interested to see what uh, Cuban said, and he kept on saying that he was he really wanted to say yes, mm. and he sees it as a platform that this that uh, Brad is a systems integrator because obviously he's not creating his own software um, for this. No, he's basically just building integrating it, integrating it, right? Extending into something that can be played on something it wasn't necessarily being intended right. to be played on. And what Cuban yeah. was saying was that he he likes to endorse people that are the first at something mm. and, and can go forward with that because then he sees the growth that can you know come out of that one thing and take that gamble as opposed to somebody's just following what others have already paved the path of. Um, yeah. But his his thing was he saw it as a game platform but in and of itself for the pinball, it was not a game changer. It, it wasn't uh, doing enough different uh, to make it appealing. Um, and so that left the final guy who I almost think was looking at as a, uh, uh, an easy grab, you know, a safe bet grab. But what he actually mentioned was that he wanted to have his own company do the construction. And, essentially have Brad be the salesperson of it. Yep. So I'm curious to know what transpired after, after the fact we might actually get the opportunity. I reached out to Brad and uh, we got an email response that he would love to come on our show at some point. So hopefully we'll actually be able to get him in here and we can ask, ask all these uh, nitty gritty questions about what, what is physically in this machine. Um, but it well, did it make interesting um, to, after we've finished this part, actually have a look at the FAQs because there's some very interesting information there, which might be worth discussing. Well, one of the things that I noticed in there was somebody asked, can I play uh, Farsight's Pinball Arcade? And he mentioned that he, they're using the no, uh, no X mod uh, that one of the four members has uh, basically done this mod to allow cabinet play of... Mm -hmm. Pinball Arcade, and I thought, yeah. interesting again, <laughs> finding a, you know, obviously he can't get into a licensing agreement with Farsight, um, especially since Farsight has been attached to Virtua Pin, and I'd be mm, very curious to partner, yeah, with them. Well, yeah, kind I'd of. I'd be very curious to see what uh, what the difference between Virtua Pin and, and, and this and the VP Cabs, uh, what makes VP Cabs so much uh, different than Virtua Pin. Yeah, it's uh, the the thing that they they do say is that can I play classic pinball or arcade games? They go, yeah, you can, but you're going to need to upgrade the PC. And this goes back to the cost of emulation, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So rather than actually running something like Pinball FX, which runs quite well on normal hardware because they're not emulating anything, so interesting. Um, yeah, because right now they just have graphic cards and a Wi-Fi connection. I don't know what kind of a computer is actually running this thing. Um, mm. I think the main thing is, though, it's like, yes, it can run it, but you're going to have to deal with setting it up, uh, you know, downloading, which might be not that difficult. I think it's just yeah. not as easy as what they probably already have with Zen, where it's going to be log in, purchase, yeah. done. It's now on your table, you know, not having to download any of the of the ROMs or anything else like that you got to do when you're when you're dealing with the VP. Yeah, I actually don't think you even need to download any Zen tables. It's actually part of the package. You get all the tables as part of your 7,000. Yeah, but does that mean you get them as more come out? 
Oh, I wouldn't think so. It's like right. these are the tables on release, and then after that, you download extra. Right. Ones. So you'd have to have a way of getting those into. That's what I'm saying. They might have his front end might be very easy to just be simply ah buy my credit cards on file. It's going to automatically download into this. Boom, it's there. Here we go. Yeah. Just like Steam. Well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the like interface with Zen works. Yeah. I mean, Zen's interface is probably. Out of all the interfaces, I call it industry leading as far as mm. pinball interfaces go. Digital pinball, it's very yeah. intuitive. It's beautifully integrated with controllers, which means that if it's integrated with controllers, you can actually integrate it with a visual pinball cab quite easily. Um, so, uh, Farsight's one's a lot trickier because it doesn't have full controller support all the way down and up the menu stack. Yeah. So, um, at least on the old UX, maybe the, the the new UI has that and better controller integration, but. Yeah, the old one, certainly on mobile, there's only certain things that you can do with it. And you actually need the touchscreen um, to do something as simple as like exit out of the the, the table results screen. Like, you know, when, when you actually finish a table, it pops up your Hall of Fame score or your local high scores if you manage to record a table and then your overall game score for that particular um, play. That That's not integrated into the controls at all so you have to actually touch the screen to do that take your hand off oh. the control and touch the screen okay because with then... the new ui i did a test because uh, somebody brought this very question up uh mm. because they have a pin cab and they didn't want to deal with the new ui and fearing that it would break you know yep. everything that was working with that and i tried it with my controller and i was able to do virtually everything with mm-hmm. uh well i can do everything with my controller excuse me he wanted to know if you could do it with a key uh with a keyboard because he had whatever the controls were, it was essentially using a keyboard uh, or a key, but the keyboard was hidden. I don't know. Anyway, keyboard emulator, basically. There, so it would have yeah, been yeah, like yeah, yeah. the up so, button linked to the up key on the keyboard. Right. So I tried, I tried using the keyboard to navigate through the new UI and I was able to do most of it. Um, there were certain sections that I got hung up on. Like if a special window popped up, sometimes I had, I, I wasn't able to figure out how to move the cursor to highlight that, you know, or, or you know, the text box the that you could key. push, or was if the tab key? See, maybe that's why I wasn't. Be the tab key. Yeah. So I, me yeah. not being a keyboard person when it comes to that game, I wasn't able to navigate around. But for the most part, I was able to navigate all the way to a game, start the game, play the game, exit the game, and exit out of the program. Okay, well that's good. Hopefully that same functionality is on mobile because at the moment, like I've got a Shield tablet, right, and yeah. it allows you to connect to the TV yeah. through HDMI, but and it, on Zen, it's amazing because mm-hmm. you can use it basically like a console. You can actually turn the screen off on the Zen on the Shield tablet. Yeah, it goes into what they call console mode, and you control everything with the wireless controller, except for Pinball Arcade, which you have to have the touchscreen because of some things just don't work yeah. Yeah. Um, with the controller, and it's really frustrating. Yeah. Um, so bring on the new UI in that case because it sounds like they fixed that issue. Um, I was thinking. Again, based off of when this show was recorded and what has transpired since then, uh, especially with you know Oculus and VR pinball, um, I'm dying to know if they were making a cabinet much like what uh, uh, I, we talked about, where the guy just made the uh, you know used the four little pinball legs and put a little controller. Guys, there there is a market. If you put the PC right inside the you know that little tiny cab. So that all yep. you have to do is plug in your Oculus and you're using all the things that you're already doing for these virtual pin cabinets. Wow. You know, then you're really covering all those markets. Now, again, though, 
how niche is niche. We've already talked about how the Oculus that's like fairly, fairly that's small. Pretty, that's pretty narrow <laughs> that market right there. But um, you know, if you wanted an eight thousand dollar pinball controller, you could probably use this thing as that. <laughs> that's true. Maybe you, know, you could. Yeah. Because looking at the uh, the specs, so the the standard specifications for the PC that's inside the Wizard is a Intel i5 with a 240 gig solid state drive. It's got eight gig RAM, which is pretty decent, and um, two dual 700 watt power supplies. So probably one for all the screens and stuff, mm -hmm. and one for the PC. Mm -hmm. That would allow them to supply clean power to the PC and clean power to the the rest of the stuff like the monitor, which you just couldn't run off a, a PC's power supply. Right. Because, um, you know, it's a huge LCD, basically. Um, and then you've also got things like shaker motors and solenoids and stuff, which you would need a good solar power supply for that. Like, there's no way of getting around that. Um, so it's got a pretty decent um, graphics card. It's got a GTX 960 in it. So that's pretty chunky. Um, and then for the back glass and DMD, it's got a GT710. So... Okay. We've actually got two graphics cards to power both the main game experience and uh -huh. then the back box alone. So that's a fair bit of grunt there as far yeah. as GPU goes. Um, it's using 64-bit Windows 7, um, and they've got coaxial speakers in there as well, so an 8-inch subwoofer, two 6.5-inch speakers, and a three-channel amp. Um, and you can tune it with an amplifier controls as well. So uh, everything is um, CNC cut. So it's really high accuracy. So it would look really good as a build quality um, aspect. Well, the shot um, itself it said has... that it felt really good. Um, yeah. Interestingly, though, it's uh, got a non-working OEM-style coin, uh, coin door. So there's no coin right. mech hardware in it. So it looks like a pinball machine, but it doesn't actually have coin mechs in. Yeah. And it doesn't say anything um, on there about whether you can wire that in or not. Right. And I'm sure that that probably comes back to the licensing so That's it looks authentic yeah. it's just it's just basically window dressing it's not yeah. there to be functional so yeah. you could have it in uh, you could have it in a bar and have it on free play as an attractive as an attracting device right. for you know punters to have a play while they're having a beer but you couldn't take money for it um so yeah Interesting, interesting, interesting. Well, if anybody wants to uh, check out uh, what we're talking about, again, go to uh, virtualpinball.com. You can check out all the uh, the cabinets that they're offering there. Um, I mean, like I said, it, it looks pretty cool. I'm very curious to see what kind of marketplace there is for it and what they would have planned. So hopefully if, uh, if we are able to get Brad on here, we can ask uh, those kind of questions and uh, yeah. uh, just even what that experience of pitching it is. Yeah. If I had nine grand US to drop, I'd totally get one. Yeah, nine grand being, I would trick out everything on it and mm. have all the things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you all know, things, because yes. why wouldn't you? Right. For an extra one and a half grand, give me all the things, including the PC upgrade. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But um, I really do like the the form factor of the um, the the Vertigo, which is the the sort of like um, tall boy version of it. Yeah. Which allows you to also play main games like nine, like all the shoot 'em ups and all that sort of stuff as well. That's kind of cool to have that um hmm. so yeah because that one actually has got... a joystick uh uh on the on the cabinet right it does yeah it has yeah. a joystick it's also got flipper buttons on the side mm -hmm. um and it's got the um the the launch ball button on it looks identical to the one that's on real life um uh belly williams games 
It happens so to be a down. single screen, uh, so you're not going to get the backlash like you would no, on, on the wizard mo- uh, uh, cabinet. But on the wizard. But if you don't have like seven and a half grand to spend, there is the the classic, which is basically the the pro version, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> whereas whereas the wizard is more of the um uh the uh yeah the premium or yeah. le version, if you like. Um. And I'm just trying to load it, and it's not really loading so well. So let me just go back to the front page. But it's a slightly, um, l- I guess, less fancy looking. Well, it doesn't have version. an actual plunger. And, uh, yeah, I mean, some of the bells and whistles have basically been trimmed off to cut cut costs. Um, yeah. Clearly. So it doesn't have all the stuff like uh, like the under-cabinet lighting and yeah. all that sort of stuff. It's just got basically, you can upgrade the PC in it and all the audio um, you can get a powder coated coin door if you want and another drive, but really the it's basically uh what it looks like this they've they've still got the back um the back display and everything. Um but it just doesn't have some of the extra bling, basically. Yeah. Mm. And a slightly small display, I think, as well. So well, then yeah. the step below that, they call it the mini, which is, I believe they said, two-thirds the size of a normal uh, cabinet. Um, <coughs> so it's that basically one, the um, safe cracker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's your entry level, four grand, same as the Vertigo. Um, so, I mean, there's, like I said, there's lots of options for, for people to choose from. Uh, check them out. Uh, see what you guys think. Drop us a comment on Twitter. Uh, Good for apartments, basically. Yeah. The mini is the apartment version of the wizard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, drop us a comment at Blockade, or you can talk to Jared at Jared Morgs or myself at Shut Your Traps on Twitter. Uh, or if you feel like writing long form, go ahead and email us blah blah blockade at gmail.com. Mm. Oh, I see the front end. The the front end that they're using is Pimble X. Ah, okay. So Pimble X front end, which is okay. pretty respected from what I understand. So yeah. It's a very interesting little um foray into digital pinball in the mainstream, isn't it? Very yeah, interesting. It is. Indeed. It is. Mm. Um, I, I imagine just the very fact that it was on a network TV show, uh, he's going to get a lot of, lots of, lot of inquiries. Um, my <laughs> yeah, Twitter feed was going, guy, for two days straight, it was just constantly, watch, make sure you watch, make sure you watch. <laughs> and that was from various, yeah. you know, pinball sources on Twitter. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I can only imagine the awareness has uh, gone up immensely. Uh, was Zen promoting it? No. Did, oh, yeah, wait, excuse me. I take it back. No, Zen Zen did retweet, but uh, Pinball Supernova was the one main one that was uh, yeah, tweeting it. Yeah, that's where I got it too. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't follow Pinball Supernova and you're a pinhead, you should. So Pinball Supernova, Twitter, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Well, fantastic. I think uh, we we covered a lot of virtual pinball ground there <laughs> we really did we really did i did want to say i actually went to see a movie yesterday and i'll be what? very quick on this i know i actually re- for really real did i went to see uh whiskey tango fox foxtrot with Tina Wait, Fey. That, that's like rated r that's not for the kiddies <laughs> no luckily it's only uh kim and i went it was i i don't know what it's what the trailers look like over there but the trailers in australia just don't do the movie justice yeah it is um it was really quite enjoyable. Uh, Tina Fey being a little bit more serious than she normally is. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, really, uh, I would suggest going and seeing it. It was a very interesting insight into what foreign correspondents uh, 
sort of have to do uh, and the conditions they're put through um, to bring the news to us. So it, it's worth a look. Yeah, I, I believe we're probably less than a month away from that coming out on home video. Oh, yeah. So it's yeah. been out there for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah I believe it was a pre-holiday yeah. pre movie for us. Oh, like in which, which holiday? Christmas. <laughs> <'Cause there's> lots... <laughs> oh, really? I think. Oh, if wow. I'm not mistaken, so it was pre-Christmas. Yeah. far behind. This is why. Do you wonder why people torrent things in Australia? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> you know? Why, like, movie, this is like a mini rant, movie distribution networks need to understand that there is no such thing as controlled regions anymore. No. Like, <laughs> there is just not. So why continue to adopt that? that model anyhow i'll get off it's just it's for everything it's for video games for movies for tv i've often shows. said the same thing with when it comes to uh movies or music that has gone out of print you might say where nobody is distributing yeah. it, it's not available for purchase hey you know what yeah. when you get it into that realm i don't have a single qualm about downloading it now because no, you're not selling you're it not making it available no. then how am i supposed to get it if i want it no yeah exactly it's and ridiculous. if i'm buying it used well that's the same thing you're still not getting the money no, <laughs> so a pawnbroker is or somebody who's selling it out of their collection is like right. it's right you know yeah it's ridiculous right so yeah. make that stuff available yeah <laughs> all right well cool uh we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here for this week uh can't can't let it go without uh, mentioning t-shirts so represent absolutely not blockade slash shirts um yep and uh, yeah, who knows uh, what will happen this coming week that we will talk about next week, but I'm sure something will. So until then, I've been Shut Your Trap, a.k.a. Chris Freebus. He has been Jared Morgs. We will talk to you again soon. See you later. WizardAmusement.com, the West Coast leader in classic pinball. Makers of custom pinball shooter rods to buyer specifications. Swap out your standard ball plunger with something themed to your specific table. Installs in less than five minutes with no custom tools. Even if you don't own the table, looks great as a pinball memento to admire. Prices start at $39, but mention Blockade Podcast to receive 10% off your order. WizardAmusement.com. Sales, restoration, customization. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast hosting service that Blockade is delivered to. We can't improve unless you tell us how. Now stop listening, play some pinball.